What's up, brothers? This is a video that's going to help all of you guys out there that have been affected by modern society, right? You've been torn down, emasculated. You know, we're going to help you get that back. Because 99% of men are all in their heads, nervous. They're afraid to walk like a man. They censor themselves. They're afraid to talk like a man. They put on all that expensive cologne. They're afraid to smell like a man. They give up too quick. They're afraid to die like a man. But if you put yourself ahead of those guys, you'll see how easy life really is. And in order to do that, you have to develop standards and principles and never break them. Welcome to the Father State. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. Remember, the Father State is now on locals.com. So click the link in the video description to support our work. And thank you all in advance. I do appreciate it. I have with me the one, the only, Blake from the LFA show and the LFA YouTube channel. Blake, thank you for being with me. I appreciate it. I am thrilled to be here, Jesse. Thanks oh, for having me. Yes, sir. What is the LFA? What's that? Well, the name actually originated when I was a child, and my dad would take me down to um, Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic you know, on vacations and stuff, and he would send me to the store and the name I was supposed to give them when I got to the store was LFA, which means the boss in Spanish. And I didn't know what it meant. So I just, you know, thought it was LFA. And I've just kind of stuck with that as a nickname. That's funny, man. So are you, are you part white or part Hispanic? I am as white as the great white hope. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> as white as snow. Yes, sir. Do you love white people? Yes, Jesse, I love white people. <laughs> I love all people, uh, but I do love white people, yes. Are you, a, as a white man, you know that white people, especially white conservative men, are under attack, like yes. now they're going north. Are you afraid to defend yourself, speak up for yourself, and 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 stand up against all this crap? Well, that's a good question, Jesse, because... They kind of back you in a corner when you do that, because if I stand up for myself and I speak up for myself, I'm sort of taking the victim mindset myself because I'm complaining about what the other side's doing to me. Whereas, you know, I think men in general, this is something unique that men have that women don't have. We get to build ourselves up from zero to 100, where women start out at 100 and they fall down to zero if they don't maintain themselves. Right. So. As a man, I think as an individual, regardless of what they put against me, it's fully in my power to um, still dictate where my life is going to go. So that, that's just how I view that situation. That is so true. What caused you to realize that? How did, most people don't know that. Well, nobody cares about men's problems in general. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're white or black. Yeah. You know, men's issues just fly under the radar. Um, a lot of men are suicidal. A lot of men are just going through all kinds of problems and, you know, nobody is really going to bat for them. So if that doesn't wake you up and say, well, 
I am the only one that can make this work. And I'm the only one that can screw this up. You know, I, I don't know what will. In the good old days when boys were boys and men were men, men never thought of having someone else stand up for them. They were individuals who stood up for themselves. They never looked for an army to stand for them. Why did that change? Well, I believe, I believe they've been brainwashed by, by mainstream media, um, by politicians who make them believe that if they stand up and, um, well, if they, as long as they go with the system and they go with their favorite celebrities and their favorite leaders, um, you know, things will kind of work out. But then we come to find out that a lot of times the leadership isn't really in our favor. So yeah. it kind of backfires. Absolutely. So um, there's you have you you did something that one time, I don't know if you're still doing it, called the Man of Spear. And from what I can tell, it was very popular. What is the Man of Spear and why was it so popular with young men? Okay, so. The main topics we discuss in the manosphere are uh, like dating and relationship issues. We also talk about money and success and things like that. But most guys come here for the dating advice. And it's no secret that 80% of the women are choosing the top 20% of men. That means 80% of men are invisible to women. Women want men that are, you know, they want a guy that's six feet tall, six pack abs, six figure income. He has to be confident. He has to be ambitious. And the average guy just doesn't realize these things. You know, he's sitting at home playing video games, watching internet porn, um, living vicariously through his favorite celebrities or rappers or ball players. And the manosphere comes along and we help mentor these guys and let them know they're the only ones that can, you know, make a change in their own life. Yeah. Are women so shallow now that they just want, um, the physical things and not the real things in life? Unfortunately, for the most part, yes. Um, and I think anybody would be like that if we had the same opportunity that women do. Women can just go on social media. They can go on Instagram or, you know, Snapchat or whatever their favorite social media is. And men are just beating the door down to get with them. Men do not have that same opportunity unless you're a top tier man, a top 20% man. So, you know, that's, that's just the way that it is, but men are also just as superficial. We choose men based on the way they are. We, excuse me. We choose women based on the way they look, um, you know, and that's just the way it goes. Women like men with status and money and power and men like beautiful women. What a mess. I know. <laughs> are you married? No, sir. No children. No, sir. Do you ever plan to get married? Do you want to be married with children? Yes, I do. Um, when I was in my 20s, I didn't really want to. Um, you know, I kind of enjoyed being single. I'm in my mid, excuse me. I'm in my mid 30s now and I'm uh, you know, kind of rethinking things. So, why why the change? What made you decide to rethink things? Um well, uh, with age, you know, I've ran into some problems in life and I, I felt like the only one that I could go to was, um, God and Jesus Christ. And, you know, when I go down that path, um, it's kind of what it leads me to, you know, I think the most important things in life are, uh, our family and God. 
in your uh, in your uh, bio, you mentioned that you love the game. What is the game? The game is the dating game. <laughs> and what do you love about it? I love going out, meeting new people. I love having the ability to, um, you know, just have a good time and have my freedom. So I do enjoy that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to backtrack, but you know, I do enjoy the dating game, but I'm also thinking about settled, settling down. And when you're dating, you're out there, what are you looking for exactly? I know you're looking for a beautiful woman, but what do you want from her? Well, it's, it, I wasn't speaking to myself when I said I'm looking for a beautiful woman. I'm saying that's oh. most men out there. Oh, okay. um, of course, I do like that. But a woman really has to have two qualities. She has to be faithful and she has to be supportive of her man. Those are the two qualities a woman needs. Um, <clears throat> you know, men, we have to protect. We have to provide. We have to be able to get dangerous when necessary. Um, but women have to bring certain things to the table, too. And she has to be supportive of her man and faithful. If she can't, if she can't accomplish those two things, then she she's no good. And when you say supportive, give me an example. What do you mean supportive of her man? Okay, so as men, we know money and status and things like this are very important. And when we are on our journey trying to accomplish these things, when we start to accomplish these things, we get a lot of options with a lot of new women. And a lot of times a woman will not be able to handle this. She'll get extremely jealous. She'll start to play mind games with you, try to make you jealous because women can't handle, they want a high status man, but a lot of times they can't handle being with one. Um, so she has to be able to get that in check and be supportive of what he's doing and understand that uh, things are going to work out. If it wasn't for sex, would men have anything to do with women? Yes, I believe so. What would it have to do with them if it wasn't for sex? Uh, companionship around the house. Like you, know? how, you can get a maid to do that. Right. But, <laughs> you know, I, I can go back to my childhood. Let's say I was playing football in high school. My mother went to every single one of my games. She made sure I was fed before I went to my games. She made sure my uniform was washed and ready to go before game time. And I think women are... Uh, very gifted at providing that to a, a man's life. Yeah. Uh, that's what they're, they're supposed to be doing. They're yes. supposed to be barefoot, pregnant, and in the kitchen. Well, yeah, your word's <laughs> not mine, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, and um, do women have love to give? Not very many of them. Um, and I think that comes from, again, this is just, uh, coming from me. There's no data on it, but as households are becoming single mother households and men are becoming, you know, as you would call them beta, beta male. Yeah. I think women have no idea what to look for in a man. I think men are weak and women have been walking all over them for 25 yeah. years now. And that's just the way that it goes. But for women, respect is synonymous with love. So if you're a man who is able, first of all, you have to be worthy of being respected. And second of all, you can't tolerate disrespect. But I think if you do those two things, you're capable of uh, getting love from a woman. Yes. Um, I noticed that a lot of men are getting beat up by women, cursed out, 
They spend a lot of money on women when they're dating. Um, should a man spend money on a woman that he's not married to? No, he should not. Um, but I think paying for a date or something like that is different than spending money on her. Yeah. Um, you, you know, because you're just kind of going out for dinner, going out for an evening or something like that. So it's okay for a man to pick up the bill. That's a masculine trait. But in terms of spending money to try to impress a woman or try to buy her love, that's always a no-no. Women, yeah. women don't respect that. Why are they so violent toward men nowadays? The women. I think because they are not getting what they want out of men. Um, you know, I don't think women are violent towards men like Donald Trump. They might, uh, they might be angry with him, but the women that he dates are not. They're very submissive. They treat him well because yeah. he doesn't put up with any crap. Yeah. You know, and that, that's how you get respect from a woman. Have you ever been beat up or smacked by a woman? Uh, a time or two, yes. And did, <laughs> and did you defend yourself or were you allowed her to do that? Well, you know, it's usually just like one or two slaps and I, I just kind of let it happen. Uh, obviously, I'd be thrown in jail if I tried to defend myself, so I don't do it. Um, you know, those were my younger days, though. And did you have them arrested for slapping you? No. Why not? As a matter of fact, I didn't even think that was an option. Uh, it just... <laughs> Yeah, it, it would go through my head that if I called the cops, the cops would probably ask her why we were fighting and she could probably say whatever she wanted to say. And I would be the one that goes to jail. Nowadays, if the man is whomever called first, uh, if the man called first, he can get her arrested. Really? Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> what is love? What is love? Uh, love is respect. And what is respect? So respect is having a willingness to be totally honest with somebody and honest with yourself and true to your word and um, reflect that onto the other person as well. Should a man marry a woman who's already been married and or have children already? No. And why not? Well, because for one, if she already has children, she's already been down that road. She has already uh, she's already done her part in terms of being a wife and a mother. And I think if you're a man that's starting out fresh, that's just not a good route to go down. If she's been married, I guess we can make an exception. It depends on the circumstances. But the children, I think those children belong to another man. And it would be yeah. unfair for me to step in the household. And take his kids away from him. I totally agree. A lot of men are doing that. And um, and they are also marrying these women or getting involved with these women who have had children out of wedlock. Yeah. And all they catch is hell when they do that. Um, um, it's crazy to see it, but I understand it. What is, uh, so should women marry men who have already been married and or have children? Um, it's not as bad because for a man, you have to be, like I said, a protector and a provider. So if the man's capable of providing for children for, uh, from his previous wife and his future wife, then he can accomplish that um, because men are, it's just different. There's a double standard. And, you know, that's, it's one of those things. Well, amazing. Children don't like it when 
either the father get, bring another woman into his life or a mother bring another man into his life. And it feels, it causes them to feel left out. As the, and, the, and the parents are normally paying attention and trying to get love themselves, and yeah. the kids feel left out. And that's one of the reasons I believe that men or women, if they already have children or been married before with children, should not get married again. I can see that. Can a beta male have LMS? Looks, money, and status. Can a beta male have looks, money, and status? Yeah. Yes, he can, but he's not going to get the respect that comes along with it. We see this all over the place in Hollywood and, you know, politicians who have the looks, the money, and the status, but they're, they're complete beta males. <laughs> um, that's funny, man. That's funny. Um, how uh, amazing. What is a man? A man is somebody that is that provides by any means necessary and has the ability to get dangerous when necessary. If you don't want, if a man doesn't want children, is there a, re, is there a reason to get married? Yes. And what's that reason? Companionship and support from a woman. And what do you mean companionship? Well, um, you know, uh, people don't like to go home alone. Some people do, um, but the majority of people would like to have somebody to go home to. And why is that? Uh, because, you know, I suppose you could say the average person person seeks. Um, it's like they're missing something and they find that in other people. But it doesn't last. That's very true. But they're still always going to be seeking it. It's human nature. Um, should they, if they if something is missing, should they look for that in another person, or should they look within themselves and overcome that? Well, I think they should look to God first for the answers, and I think He He'll show them that it's within themselves. And so they make a mistake then by getting married just to have a companion. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Were you, are you close to your father? Uh, my father has passed away. We weren't extremely close, but he definitely did his part. And why were you not, why were you, why were you not close to him? Uh, he and my mom divorced. Oh. Yeah. And were you close to your mother? Uh, no. Growing up, no. I lived with her, but we were very distant. We didn't communicate very often. And how was that growing up? I was pretty rough. Um, you know, it caused me for the longest time to, uh, mistreat the women in my life. So what I would do is I would meet women and, you know, the second we started to get a little bit close and like it was a real relationship, I would just push them away. Oh, I see. So did you forgive, go and forgive your mother for, for being that way with you? You know, actually in 2019, I was watching one of your shows <laughs> and I actually, I did just that. I called her and I forgave her. Wow. How did it go? It went well, you know, and like you said on your show, it, it does really take a, it, it takes this weight off of your shoulders. And it also took that, uh, 
that urge for me to mistreat women away from me. Right on. Nice. Um, so now when you first started your show, LFM, I mean, LFA, you were not a Christian at the time, right? No, I, I believed in Christ, but I wasn't an, an active Christian. No. And what made you decide to become a Christian, an active Christian? Well, you know, when a lot of stuff was going on towards the end of the Trump administration, you know, there was a lot of conflict, a lot of, uh, I mean, everybody remembers what was happening, you know, COVID, Black Lives Matter, George Floyd, and all these things. And no matter who you are, no matter what your background is, every time you opened up your phone or turned the TV on, all you saw was just complete negativity. And it was just a depressing time period. You know, people were becoming suicidal and crazy. And it just kind of seemed like it was it was the time for me to find God because I kind of felt like God was the only person that could, you know, clean this mess up. And how has your life changed or did your life change as a result of that? I view people differently now. Um, I try to take the time to, you know, have empathy for everybody that I communicate with. Um, rather than just kind of judging people. And, you know, I try to, I try, you could say I try to make friends instead of enemies now. Right on. And so do you, do you judge people at all? Uh, to some degree, yes. Um, but what I try to do is judge their character so I can know if I can uh, allow them to, you know, be close to me if it's somebody that I can trust. But I'm not really judging people based on their lifestyle choices. Um, do you have anger? Anger. Uh, no, I would say that I don't. I used to. Used to have a lot of it, but not so much anymore. Right on. So when you went and forgave your mother, was she surprised that you forgave her? You know, it was strange. I thought she would ask what I was forgiving her for. <laughs> What I told her was, I said, I know we didn't get along and we fought a lot. And I said, I, I just wanted to let you know that I forgive you for all the problems that we had. And she told me she loved me and she, she thanked me for forgiving her. Right on. Yeah. And so should a man ever look for a woman? Did he seek a woman? Um, no, no, that's not the way it works. Uh, men should seek success in life. And women are basically going to be knocking on their door. When they get there, <laughs> when you're a top tier man, it's very easy. But how will they know if you have money or not, if you don't tell them? Well, you don't want to tell them. It's right. more about um, your status and your character. It's not the money that women are attracted to. It's the characters or the characteristics that the money that, that make the money. You know, it's the competitive nature. It's the intelligence. You know, it's the it's the confidence. These are the traits that, you know, the quote unquote alpha males have that women are attracted to. Yeah. What is wrong with black people? What is that a setup? No. You know, the uh, <laughs> the black people in the United States have an have an interesting, um, a very unique history. Uh, so it can't be denied that. The culture that they had before they came here was stripped from them. And as they were being um, systematically put into what is American culture, 
there was segregation and things like that. So they weren't really welcome in white culture. So they didn't know what their culture was and they knew white people had a culture. So they weren't sure what to do. Um, so I believe that they started a culture and a lot of it might've been based on, uh, being rebellious and things like that. You know, that's why you see like the rap music and things like that. But I don't think there's anything wrong with them. Uh, I think they're, they're living life, uh, the way they want to live it. So you don't think anything is wrong with most, not all, not all, not all, not all, but most black people, you don't think anything is wrong with them? No, I, I think, um, they put these uh, victims on television, these people who ha have these total victim mindsets, but I don't think those people speak for the average black person. And so when you see them burning, begging, blaming, uh, I, I, I saw a report this morning somewhere that the education uh, in America is lower than ever before. And that's because white people have lowered the standard of of the education system in order to let the blacks in, you know, when they take the SAT tests and things like that. Uh, so they had to lower the standards to let the blacks in. Uh, things are falling apart as a result of that, and they are still not satisfied. We've given them affirmative action. We've given them the white communities, white businesses, the white government and everything. And all they're doing is destroying it. They're not making it better. Why is that? Well, there, there are a small percentage of them that were burning cities down. And a small percentage? I saw a big number. The, it, on TV, it looked like a lot. <laughs> but I didn't see any of the black people in Tulsa doing that. They, they had a couple of uh, Black Lives Matter marches. Nothing was burnt down or anything like that. Um, but I think in general... Um, when black people were being, uh, assimilated into white culture, I think generally they didn't want to be part of the school system and they felt like they weren't part of the school system. So I think they weren't taking it as seriously. Um, and I think as time goes on, they're going to get better and better at it. And I think that's what we've been seeing, but it's going to be a process. Um, when you say black culture, what is the black culture? See, that's the thing. I, I can't speak on it because I, I don't know about it, but um, I'm not a part of it, I should say. But everybody has a culture, whether they realize it or not. Um, and people in Africa, people in Kenya have their own culture. People in Nigeria have their own culture. But black people in the United States are unfamiliar with their culture. So they're trying to create one that is brand new. It's literally the newest culture in human history. So it's, it's still in its infantile stages. So do you believe that in Africa, black people have a culture in Africa? Yeah, well, I think each, each country probably has its own culture. So if black people have a culture in Africa, why is it not working over there either? They're destroying all, all Africa as well. Uh, I, I'm unaware of that. Uh, I know we see pieces of it on television. Um, I've seen what's going on in South Africa in particular, but we also might just be getting the highlight reel. Um, for example, they can put things on television in the United States that make white people look like these extremely evil, extremely bad people. And a lot of um, liberal news networks do that. And it would be very easy for networks to do that to black people in Africa. So 
I'm not 100% sure. If I can Amazing. be sure. So yeah. we did a report on my show uh, either today or yesterday where w one thing that happened in Africa and the reason that most blacks are so screwed up over there is that they start worshiping God and they start worshiping idol gods like women and snakes and and slavery and because a lot of blacks are enslaved by other blacks and they voodoo and and all kinds of things and that's what's wrong with them in this country too they don't really believe in god well isn't that white people as well you know but, we worship hollywood the porn industry the music industry half of the people are on drugs and alcohol um I, so I think, is that true about the blacks uh, you could say so. Yeah. But I think it's all across the board. I think it's, it's not just black people. I think it's white people as well. What is the, uh, white culture? You know, in the United States, I don't know if we have one here either. You know, it's, it's a, it's a new culture here as well. And white culture is not something that can be taught. It's not something that we, we learn about in school. You know, we learn about explorers and, you know, different uh, leaders, you know, Julius Caesar, you know, whatever we learn about different leaders around the world and world history, but we don't know much about white culture. You know, we've had too many world wars in Europe and, you know, America's too new. So we're not quite sure what that is either. So in the United States, you know, we don't necessarily have much of a culture. We might on Monday, we might have Italian food on Tuesday. We might have Chinese food on Wednesday. We <laughs> might have Mexican food. And that's just kind of how American culture is. Or soul food. White people love soul food sometimes. Yeah, on, sure, why? on Saturdays. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> and so if white people don't have a culture, why are they doing so much better than the blacks? And the blacks have a, a, a new culture, as you said. They made up this stuff. So if whites don't have a culture, why are they doing so much better than what the blacks are doing and they don't have one? Well, I think you have um, a little bit of, I don't know if I want to call it brainwashing, but or indoctrination. Um, white people are taught as children to go to college, get your degree. Um, most of their parents set up bank accounts for them as children and get them started financially. Um, and I think in a lot of black neighborhoods that those sort of things just aren't happening. Um, it's slowly transitioning, but, you know, it's a process. When I was growing up, uh, black people were not into culture. They were Americans. And we had to go, we went to all black schools and things like that. They did integrate my school the last year in 1968 when I was graduating. But other than that, um, uh, blacks didn't have a culture. They, weren't, they were not into that at all. And they did much better than they are today. Jim Crow existed. And all that, but black people did much better than they did today. Why is why they bought land? They knew that our battle was a spiritual battle, so they weren't hating white people. They um, they didn't have leaders, you know. There was the father and the mother and the grandparents. They didn't have leaders. Um, why weren't my generation of blacks like the blacks are today? If it's because they were taken from Africa or from their culture, why didn't it affect us in the same way? 
Well, I think it was sort of a fresh out mentality at first, you know, when they first had the, you know, they had the, the same opportunities as white people, they were taking advantage of it. Um, could possibly have something to do with, uh, the church. I don't know, or things that, uh, kept them in a straight line, but a lot of things happened, you know, um, a lot of, I guess the, the culture that Hollywood and the music industry pushed, I think maybe made a big change on them. Um, is it possible that they gave up their lives and turned them over to other people to lead them? Like the so-called civil rights leaders and, and, and other people, because prior to the civil rights leaders, black people didn't have leaders. There were no Martin Luther King and Jesse Jackson and all those kind of people to lead them. Is it possible it was a big mistake to turn their lives over to somebody else to lead them? And yeah, it, oh, yeah. and allow these people to take advantage of them. They stopped thinking for themselves. They started to allow the government, destroy the family and all that. Yeah, it would be a big mistake for anybody to hope for another man, especially a celebrity or a public figure, to turn your life around for you. Um, but that goes for anybody. There's plenty of white kids in the trailer park that are screwing up, too. Um, but you know, every man should know, every man should realize that it is fully in your power to get up and make something of your life. You don't see, and there's plenty of black millionaires, you know, in the NBA and, you know, even politicians, doctors, whatever it may be that are taking accountability for themselves. Ben Carson, for example, uh, you know, they're holding themselves accountable and they're not making excuses and they're accomplishing things. Um, but anybody that puts their, um, puts their future in somebody else's hands, that's, that's idiotic. Do you agree with me that one of the worst things that ever happened to the blacks was the civil rights movement? Uh, yes and no, because yes. I would say yes, because they, there were some rights back then that they didn't quite have and it, it helped them earn those rights. Like what, for example? Well, there was, there was certain, um, you know, like segregation and redlining and things like that. I mean, those were, those were issues that were holding them back, weren't they? Holding them back how? Well, um, you know, it's a big market out there. And if they're not allowed to get involved in that side of it, uh, you know, the white side of it, then they're probably going to struggle, struggle. No, they were not struggling. They started so-called Black Wall Street, and Black Wall Street was destroyed, and they rebuilt it. They rebuilt it again, and they were restricted to as where they can live. They had jobs. They started businesses. During the days when I was growing up, and even before that, they were not restricted. Not being able to live in a, a certain neighborhood shouldn't restrict you in life. Yeah, well, I suppose there was a, a dose of reality whenever they entered the, uh, you know, the the market that white people were in, because there were a lot of white people that already had money, they already had establishments. And, you know, the way capitalism works, you know, big bank takes little bank. So when you're just, you know, you're entering that market, you're going to struggle for, for quite some time. But I think by and large, in, you know, the, the modern day, I think skin color doesn't really play much of a role. Um, you know, I think anybody can make it. But in those days, black people paid their bills. They paid their house notes and they, if yeah. they borrow money from you, they'll pay it back. Nowadays, 
black people don't pay back. Remember when, uh, some years ago now, when the government allowed them to get all those loans to buy homes and things like that? Yeah. And the blacks wouldn't pay the notes. They wouldn't pay back the loans. And we had a crash market uh, because they would not. Why would a bank want to let them have money when they're not going to pay back? Well, <laughs> I, I'm not going to say it's because they were black. Well, they, know, well, they it, were black and didn't pay. You, yeah. Black people don't pay back. You notice that? Well, <laughs> well uh, the banks were giving loans to people that didn't have good credit. Mostly black, though. Uh, maybe so. No, but- it was. Maxine Waters, all those people pushed that. The Wicked Witch okay. of the West with the low IQ. Okay, I can't challenge that. But when you give loans to people with bad credit, you know, they're high risk. Right, you, that's what I'm probably. saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Jesse, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Was there anything else good about the so-called civil rights movement? Well, you know, personally, I, uh, growing up in, in Columbus, Ohio, uh, it's a very mixed city. Um, I grew up with a lot of friends, you know, of all different cultures and ethnicities, and I enjoy being around, um, different cultures and different people. So for me personally, I'm happy that it happened because there's a lot of black friends that I wouldn't have made had that not happened. But how do you know that though? Well, I don't, but I, I, I know that it w- was put in place, so it played a role in it. Because if the so-called civil rights movement had not happened, the blacks would, and whites would have come together naturally, uh, as they were doing prior to the civil rights movement. Because, you know, good people like hanging out with good people, bad people like hanging out with bad people, and that come in all colors, all races, and they would have come together naturally rather than trying to force them together. because trying to force them together have divided even more so. You can't make someone love you. They have to want to love you. That's a valid point. Um, but would they have came together or would yeah. they be fighting even worse? We don't know. No, they're fighting worse now than they were prior to the civil rights movement. Okay. Well, they, they weren't together before the civil rights movement, were yes. they? Yeah. Those who wanted to be together, those who didn't were not, but they were together. Okay, I can see that. Amazing. Have you ever dated a black girl? Yes, sir. You've dated black women? Yes, sir. How Once you go black, you can't go back. How are you able to go back? (laughs) I I can go back and forth as I please, Jesse. So you dated a Mexican? Yes, sir. You dated white women? Yes, sir. Chinese? Um, yes, sir. So you dated everything? Uh, yes, sir. And wh- which is easier to deal with? Of all the races of women that you dated, which is easier to deal with? Women are women. You know, in general, as long as they respect you, and as long as they have a high level of attraction to you, they're going to be sweet and submissive to you. But if you're a guy that they can walk all over and they can mistreat, it doesn't matter what color they are. They're going to do it. Amazing. Um, what's the difference between the red peel and the black peel? 
So the red pill is sort of a way that people can unplug from what they've been told in, you know, the Disney movies and the, uh, the romance novels and understand that their perception of women is totally wrong. It goes beyond women, but in general, we talk about women. Um, you know, women aren't looking for a nice guy that bends over backwards for them. They're looking for a strong man that doesn't put up with any bull crap. Yeah. Um, so that's the red pill. The black pill is more of an ideology that women have extremely high standards and the majority of men aren't going to reach that standard. Um, <clears throat> so they, they do have some overlap there. I mean, red pilled people understand that women go for the top tier men, but black pilled people have more of a, uh, a nihilistic approach to it. How can a man or a woman really recognize that they are black pill? What can, if you were advising an individual to, hey, if they call you up and say, oh, I heard you talking about the black pill, how do I recognize that and overcome it? Well, it's realizing that every man starts at zero and he can build himself up to a hundred, you know, and men aren't judged by their looks. That's what a lot of black pill people think. Men can be butt ugly, but they can get out there and, you know, accomplish some things in their life go to the gym, get jacked, uh, develop a social circle, have some status and some charisma and women will find them attractive. So they have to understand that they're the only one that can make this happen. And then they're the only one that can screw this up. There's no reason to sit on the forums on the internet and, you know, blame things like their looks. Yeah. Amazing. There is a group of men called, um, mid Yeah. Uh, men going their own way or something? Yeah. What do you think about that group or men uh, that think like that? So I used to support that group and I actually made a few videos in support of that group because these were guys who uh, were predominantly guys who had gotten married to women, had children with women, went through divorces, you know, because when a woman is done with you, she's done. You know, when there's no God in that marriage, you know, when the man isn't the head of the house and the woman just decides she's done, she'll go ice cold, almost like a total narcissist that has no empathy for you. She'll take the kids away, the house away, the money yeah. away, and she will um, antagonize you on the way out and then get with another man to raise your children. And this is a very real, real reality for a lot of guys out there. So, you know, the guys that are you know, flying the MGTOW flag, they're, they're guys that have been through this sort of a situation. And, you know, I, I think just for men's mental health, it's not a bad idea to support these guys. Um, so do you, do you still support them? Uh, yes. Um, certain MGTOWs I support, but there's a lot that are, uh, kind of drifting off into the black bill mindset. And, and I don't support that. Have you ever seen a mid tie mid what do you call mid tie mid tie yeah. man overcome being a mid tie? Uh yeah, I think it's mostly a temporary phase. You know, oh, when a man is, he's struggling and going through problems with women. Um, he can go through that phase where he says they call it monk mode, where he's just staying away from women. Um, and sometimes it's good to do that. You know, build yourself back up, get your self esteem back, and then you know, get back out there and try again. Should, should human beings have leaders over them? Um, 
Well, in terms of like government and the workplace, we, we have to have leaders, but we vote on these leaders and we vote on the issues. Um, so they're more like representatives. Yeah, they work for us. They're not our leader. They just represent. They work right. for us. Right. Um, in the workplace, though, you're going to most people are going to work, you know, regular office jobs or whatever they do. And they're going to have to follow orders from somebody. So I think you have to respect somebody who is in a leadership, a leadership position over you. Right. Um, but they shouldn't be sitting back and watching television and considering those people their leaders. So do you do you have a do you ever have a void or emptiness inside of you? You feel like something is missing. Uh, I yeah, you could say that. Yes. And when you are experiencing that, what do you do about it at the time that you're going through it? Will you recognize? Wow, I have the whole world, but something is still missing. How do you deal with that? Uh, nowadays, I say a prayer. And, and what, do you, what, do you pray, what kind of prayer? I just have a conversation with God. You know, you're like, God, what's going on here? Well, I, I ask him for the answers. And does he tell you the answer? He doesn't tell me directly, but I believe <laughs> he guides me. <laughs> and have you, has he helped you to overcome that? Yes. Um, you know, I, I believe anytime you're experiencing those feelings, anytime you're, you're sad, angry, mad, or feeling empty, you're, you're not trusting God. So that's why it's important to, to sit down and have and pray to God, you know, and put that trust back in him. Does that feeling come and go? Yes. Um, do you believe that it's possible that it could be taken away from you forever and you never have to deal with it again? Probably so. Maybe I just haven't reached that level yet. Yeah. Um, you know, I do hear a lot of people in the church talking about that, you know, how, how much their life has changed. They're, they're born again. They're a new person. Um, maybe I'm just not there yet. Um, I, I asked, did I ask you if you had anger or not? Uh, yes, you did. Do you have it? No. And so, and so you don't have the anger. Oh, I know. Why not let the ego die so that the void can disappear? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think the ego for a man is a, is a very good weapon. It can drive you to do better. You know, if you have an ego that you need to live up to, it can cause you to work a little bit harder. So I, I don't know if I want the ego to go away. Really? And so maybe that's why God not answering your prayer then. You don't really want to help. You might be right. <laughs> and, and so the ego helped you do what? Well, you know, when you, have, when you have an ego in place, I think it gives you a certain standard. You know, your ego says you must perform at this level. Otherwise, you shatter your ego. You know, that drives you to perform at that level. Would you rather have the world or peace? Peace. So then why not let the ego go and not worry about all the status stuff? I, I think we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> right? um, do, have you heard me say that all thoughts are all lies all the time about anything? All thoughts are lies all the time? Yes. Except for practical thoughts like, you know, you got to go to work, 
You're going to put gas in your car. You're going to go to dinner. Other than those practical thoughts, did you know that all thoughts are all lies all the time? Yeah, I can see that. And what do you see about that? Give me an example of thoughts being lies. Well, you'll start to overthink things, you know, things that haven't even taken place yet. Uh, you're uh, creating this, you know, imaginary version of it in your own head, and that can cause you to fail before you even started. And where do thoughts come from? Uh, they come from your brain. <laughs> How does a brain create a thought, a produce a thought? Uh, I'm not sure exactly how that works, but you know, it <laughs> comes up with them somehow. But brains don't produce thoughts. Thoughts, uh, brains cause the body to function. It tells the body how to move and blah, 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 right? So thoughts doesn't come from brains. That's interesting. I guess I'm not quite sure where the thoughts come from. Yeah, that's important to know. Do you think you create thoughts? Have you ever thought of that? Yeah, I've always thought it was it was my imagination that was creating them, yeah. It is the imagination, but the imagination is of the devil. That's why God said, bring every imagination, bring every thought into captivity, because they are not from him, and they are not from you, they're from the devil. But because you identify with them, you think that is you. I can see that. Um, do you believe that uh, we have a past and a future? We have a past and a future. Um, yes, I do. And where is the past? Where is the past? Yes. Uh, it's behind us. Where about? Do it to me. On the clock, on the calendar. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, it's gone. We, we've, we've passed it. It's, it's uh, behind us. We can't go back to it. So if it's gone and we have passed it, does it still exist? It does because that's where we learned our lessons. You learn your lesson? Give me an example. If you learned, give me an example. Well, in 2015, I uh, got a DUI and I stopped drinking and driving after that. And Had so, I not experienced that, then I, I may still be doing it. And where's the future? The future is ahead of me. And where's that? Uh, I, I do not know. But <laughs> I, so, I know the lessons I've learned in the past will uh, dictate the way I behave in the future. So if you learned a lesson in the past, why do you repeat them now? Not all of them, but most of them now. I think, uh, well, not necessarily just myself. I think everybody has a difficult time um, resisting temptation. And they, they realize that they're making the wrong decision but they're tempted to do it and they just don't have the self-control. Is it possible there is no future or past? It's just an illusion? Uh, technically, yes. I mean, we're always going to live in the present. But most people don't live in the present. If they believe that there's a future or a past, they don't live in the present. That's why they have problems. They're living in illusion. The imagination deceives them. I can see that. And how, what do you see about that? Well, if you're, if you're living in the past, um, the, the bad things that have happened to you or even the good things, you might be living off of those, and it's uh, 
dictating the way you behave in the present in a negative way. Whereas if you just had an open mind and you were willing to, uh, you know, take on new challenges and new opportunities on a daily basis, you would probably be do a lot better. Uh, for example, if um, somebody's family history was that they were, you know, they like, I don't know, they were slaves or something like that. There can be shame and guilt that's brought with them, you know, hundreds of years later. But if they live in the present, they can overcome that. Uh, did God say take no thought about the past or the future or any of those things? All I'm this on sure. state come into his presence and stay in the presence. Did he say that? I'm I'm not hundred percent sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, he said, "Come into my present and take no thought about tomorrow or yesterday. All you have is right now. Everything else is an illusion." Yeah, I can see that. I think as long as you follow God's word, God's commandments, as long as you follow the Bible, I guess the lessons you've learned in the past don't really make a difference because the Bible has all the answers. As a Christian, do you believe that the kingdom of heaven is inside of us? Inside. Um, no. And why not? Um, I believe that we, we have to leave the human body before we enter the, the kingdom of heaven. Really? Yes. And, and, <laughs> so why did Christ say that the kingdom is within? He well, said, seek the kingdom of within. It's not without, it's within. I it's it above us too, of course, yeah. but it's within us. Why did he say that if it doesn't exist? My interpretation was that it was within him. So seek Jesus and you will seek the kingdom of heaven. No, it's within all of us. I can see that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Remember I'll he said, before you enter into the kingdom, you must go and forgive, right? And when you forgive, I will forgive you. Then he'll draw you in. Because anyone who has anger has the nature of the devil, and they can never enter into the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I can agree with that. Um, when you pray, do you pray words, or do you just be still and know him? Um, I, I be still, I don't vocally say the words, but I, I do try to have a conversation in, in my head with God. Really? Do you realize when you do that, you worship in the devil, you're really having a conversation with the devil? How is that so? Because God is a wordless God. He doesn't speak to you, your imagination. He reveals things to you. His voice is a um, quiet, still voice. Whereas the devil voice is busy in your imagination, talking to you, you're talking back to it and talking to you. And that's why God said, my children should know me by my voice, that yeah. my voice is a voiceless voice. Okay. So you've been talking to the devil all this time. That's not good. I guess <laughs> I'm going to change that. <laughs> yeah, don't talk back to the devil, man. Yeah. So. What's your impression of the great white hope, Donald Trump? Well, he was an alpha male. So he, he said some things that maybe I think he should have said differently. Um, a lot of times I, I didn't really like the way he carried himself, but 
he was a man of his word and you know, he definitely put America first and he didn't put up with any crap from anybody. And I think that's the kind of, uh, commander in chief you need of your country. What do you think about all the illegal aliens that are coming in? Uh, you know, that's something that's always been going on and I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is for that. Do you think they should shut down the borders? That's the answer. Build the wall. I, I oh, think the wall it's going up. Yeah, I, I think it's bizarre that the uh, most powerful country in the world uh, doesn't have borders. That's strange. And, and why do you think that is? I don't know. I know if the they want uh, votes. I guess so. Yeah. If the people in charge wanted uh, uh, borders, we would have them. Yeah, we don't. Absolutely. Do you support abortion? No, I do not. Um, And why not? Well, um, I think anytime you make a decision, you should make that decision based on, can you do that for the glory of God? And it would be impossible to abort a baby for the glory of God. Yeah. One other thing about the blacks. Why do you think they, not all, not all, but why do you think they commit crime, so much crime, they don't tend to have self-control? Um, I'm not exactly sure what the statistics are, so I, I'm not going <laughs> to go on record saying that they do that. But I think in general, it has been glorified in, you know, in hip-hop culture and Hollywood culture for black people to do things like that. It's, it's the cool thing to do. Wow. Amazing. Are you for defunding the cops? No, no. We have yeah. more cops. Oh, amazing. So in, in uh, where you live, the town you live in, um, do, are you allowed to carry guns? Yes, sir. Oh, good. That's why I didn't have the Black Lives Rally there, uh, riots there. Well, you know, in, because- the, in the conservative states, there's a lot of black people that support the Second Amendment as well. Yeah. Legally, and they tend to be more conservative and they don't really support black lives matter. There are a lot that do, but a lot that don't. So I got to heat this up and throw you in the hot seat. Yes, sir. I need you to answer these questions as quickly as possible. Okay. The hot seat. What is a man? A man is a biological male that provides by any means necessary and has the ability to get dangerous. Is Jesus God or the Son of God? Jesus is both. He's both God and the Son? Yeah, he's God in the flesh. So, he is the Father of himself? Hey, he he has the Father's Spirit inside of him, so So, you could say that. Oh, okay. So, you're saying he's both God and Jesus? Yes. And so you're saying he's both daddy and son. Yes. He's everything. <laughs> Amazing. Do we need more white babies? Uh, yes, I'll say yes. Did you take the jab? No. How much weight can, oh, how much weight can you bench press? 335 pounds. Did you meet the anchor baby? Yes, sir, I did. <laughs> Um, the <laughs> what? He's a good man. Yeah, he is. Um, do you tell people how the cow ate the cabbage at times? 
No. <laughs> Is abortion worse than slavery? If it's forced, yes. Um, does the bear shit in the woods? Does the bear shit in the woods? Yes, sir, he does. <laughs> True or false? If they take away our guns, they take away our freedom. True. What would you rather, who would you rather see as president? Kanye West, Big Mama Michelle Obama, AOC, Camilla Harris, Hillary Clinton, or Hunter Biden? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would have went with Kanye West, but I think I'll get canceled if I go with that right now. So I, I guess I'm going to go with Hunter Biden. Well, you know, we'll, we'll with that one. Does a chicken have lips? Uh, yeah. <laughs> did you have fun? Yes, sir, I did. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you, man, for taking on the hot seat and thanks for coming on. Tell people how to get you to your, to your podcast and whatever else you're doing. Uh, you can find everything at LFAshow.com. LFAshow.com. That was fun, man. I really enjoyed it. Yes, sir. Me too. Thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, ring the bell. Um, check out our merch. Amazing merch. And a reminder that the Fall Estate is now on Locals.com. So hit the link in the video description to support our work. And let me hear from you. Thank you very much. And thank you again for coming on, buddy. I appreciate that. Anytime, Jesse. All right. Amazing. <laughs>